0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 38 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about finding keywords for your website and some SEO basics. Many of my clients struggle with SEO and some of them don't even understand what it is. And so I wanted to get on the show today and go over what SEO is, why it's important for your business and how you can work on your website so that your SEO is better. If you've ever gone into a Facebook group and seen people asking about SEO or search engines or keywords, and you're not sure what that means or how you can apply it to your business, this episode is for you. And I'm going to be including a link so that you can download my PDF guide for SEO, and that will be at lemonintheseed.com episode 38. So let's get started with what is SEO. I know that when I talk about this with anyone, they know that they've heard of this term, they have maybe a basic understanding, but they don't really know what it means and why it's important. So SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization, and the idea of it has been around since the early days of the World Wide Web. So it's the process of getting natural visitor traffic from listings on search engines like Yahoo, Google, Bing, etc. In other words, SEO has nothing to do with paid advertisements. This is what is naturally coming up when people are searching for certain keywords. So when a user searches for something on a search engine like Google... The search engine considers what is most relevant to the user, and the more relevant the content, the higher the ranking it gets in the search results. If you have ever gone on Google, and I'm sure you have, you will type in a phrase or some keywords that you think will help you find content that will answer the question that you're looking for. For example, I will go on and search for essential oils for headaches. Those are the keywords or the phrases that I type into the search bar. And then what the search engine will do is it will go through the entire web and look for what it thinks are the best results that are most relevant to what you're asking. The goal of a search engine is to bring you the results at the very top of the list that you want to look at. So when you go in and type in those keywords and hit search, you will get back a whole list of different links. Some of them will be links to websites. Some of them will be links to stores. You'll also see possibly some paid links, but that is not what we're talking about here. So these are just the links that come up. Sometimes there will be pages and pages of them. Sometimes you'll only get a couple of results depending on what you're searching for and how specific it is. What's important for you as a business owner is that you can make your website more relevant and visible using SEO strategies. So how does SEO work? In general, the higher your site is ranked and the more frequently your site appears in the search result list, the more visitors it will receive. Nobody can guarantee that your site will be ranked first, but following some simple best practices will make it easier for search engines to crawl index and understand your content. This means that the higher you show up in those search engine results, the more likely someone is to click on your website. When you're searching for something online, like essential oils for headaches, you're not going to start on page 30 of the results. You're gonna start with the first couple of links and see if those answer your question first. SEO can and will target different kinds of content searches such as an image search, local search, video search, academic, news, or industry-specific vertical search engines. So when I strategize and implement your SEO, I consider how search engines work, what people search for, the actual search terms or keywords that are typed into a search engine, and which search engines are preferred by their targeted audience. All of these factors weigh in on how we go about optimizing your website. Most people are using Google as their search engine, but there are other ones such as Yahoo and Bing that are used pretty frequently. Okay, so what can you do about this? I design on Squarespace and ShowIt, and both have made good SEO strategy easy and intuitive. You can learn more about how to improve your SEO on Squarespace at lemonandtheseacom slash blog slash Squarespace SEO tricks you should be using, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But when it comes down to optimizing your website for search, there are a lot of things you can do to increase your chances of ranking for competitive terms from an on-page standpoint. But there are really only a handful of things that make a big difference. So in addition to writing quality content that uses your keywords, I'm going to go over some techniques that can help you show up in search engines and that will give you an idea of what you should be spending your time on. First thing that is important is what I just mentioned, writing quality content that uses your keywords. For most people, this includes having some type of blog or podcast with show notes so that when people are searching for the things you want to be known for and you wanna show up for, that is naturally on your website. Of course, you're going to use these keywords on the other pages of your website as well. For example, if you want to show up for essential oils for headaches, you're going to talk about essential oils on your homepage and maybe the big uses for essential oils such as headaches on an about page. But there are only so many times you can use those exact words and phrases and varieties of them on just a couple of pages. There's not a lot of content that goes there. So what Google has learned to do is look at the content you're putting out in the form of a blog or a show notes or the content you are updating regularly and you're putting out consistently. There are a few reasons why quality content is important and some best practices. What I would recommend when you are trying to figure out what content you want to write for your website to listen to episode number 35 with Raina where we talk about verticals for your business because that's going to give you a good idea of how to figure out what it is you want to be known for and some tips for brainstorming topics underneath that. Google And other search engines know that when people search for something, they want in-depth articles, quality content. And what that means is that you want to write something that's actually going to be useful when someone lands on it. So if someone searches for your keyword, essential oils for headaches, and a blog post pops up, you don't want that blog post to mention the word headache one time, but actually be about something else. You want it to cover the topic that you've mentioned, you want to give lots of examples or recipes or ways that they can put this into practice. We are no longer in the age of just having a personal blog where you're talking about your day-to-day life or writing short snippets. What you want to do, most people recommend, is to have a blog that's at least a thousand words and to post regularly. So you don't have to post once a day, but if you can post on a regular basis so that people get to know when your content comes out, what it's about, and that it's good quality stuff, then they're going to learn to trust you. And the other good thing about having people trust your content is that the more people go to your website, the more Google trusts you or other search engines, and so they rank you higher because they know that you are providing what people need the job of a search engine is to give people the results that are most relevant to what they're looking for. And so what your job in regards to SEO is, is to make that information relevant to what people are searching for so that Google or other search engines will rank you higher, put you higher on the list. So let's start with talking about Keywords and keyword research, because this can be part of what is so intimidating if you don't know what keywords you want to use on your website or even what that means. So your keywords. The most important part of search engine optimization is the use of specific keywords. Keywords and keyword phrases are the words and phrases that people search to find you. So you may want to be found for certain keywords and not show up for others, For example, an event planner for black tie weddings might want to use keyword phrases like black tie wedding, elegant wedding, or Washington DC wedding planner. That same event planner may want to avoid keywords like do-it-yourself, budget wedding, and wedding in a barn. You want to show up for the things that are most relevant for your business and for your dream clients so that when they are searching for you, you will show up in those results And when they go to your website, they're actually going to see what it is that they expected. The keywords and phrases you choose should reflect your business goals, the services you offer, and the dream clients you want to work with. And a note about keywords versus keyword phrases. So these are the types of things that we type into search engines like Google to find what we're looking for. And ranking for the right keywords and phrases will draw more of the right people to your website. The key is to rank for words and phrases that are relevant to what you offer on your website, your services and education specifically. And usually phrases are more useful than a single word as you can be more specific and that's how people generally search. So here is a pro tip, pay attention to the page titles of sites that are ranking as you use the search engine since this can give some insight into what's currently working in different niches. Create a list of topics that you want to be known for and then brainstorm specific words and phrases that relate to those topics. Use keywords specific to your location, especially if you work mostly in that area, like a wedding planner or a photographer. Check out the competition. What topics do they focus on and what keywords are they using consistently? And then Google the keywords you think are best for your website and see who ranks highest and see if these results are close to what you offer. Some best practices when it comes to keywords avoid generic keywords ranking high in search engine results for a broad keyword like food will be difficult because it's so competitive instead focus on words and phrases like quick and easy meals for families then look for related keywords and phrases by searching for your keywords if you scroll to the bottom of the results page there will be a list of related keywords and phrases that you can use as inspiration And always remember to think like the dream clients who will be searching for you. Using keywords that are too industry-specific won't help your website, as most people won't use them when searching for you. Think, what would people actually type in to find me? Don't think about what you would type in to find someone in your niche, because that's not necessarily what your dream clients are looking for. If you are stuck for keywords and you're not sure how people found you online, you can ask some of your past clients or check back into their emails and see what it is that they're talking about and the words that they're actually using, because those are the things that they are going to be typing into a search engine in order to find you. It's not necessarily the most accurate language to describe what you do, but it's what people know to look for. An example of this for me is that I will tell people sometimes that I'm a graphic designer or a website designer. And while that doesn't cover everything that I do, it makes sense to them because it's something they can wrap their head around. So if you are a wedding photographer and you want to target high-end weddings, you may want to use keywords like elegant weddings instead of high-end weddings or black tie weddings just based on who's searching for it and the words that they're going to be using. Number two, good page titles. So this is the second thing that you can do in addition to the keywords. To increase your SEO results, page titles are the easiest way to communicate to the search engines what the content of a web page is about. To use the analogy of a book, it's the main title that's displayed prominently on the front cover. Given how visible it is, this is the first place that you want to include the phrases that you're trying to rank for in search engines. So, what makes a good page title? Like the rest of SEO, creating good page titles is a mix of science and art. While there are certainly best practices to keep in mind when you're creating your page titles, there is some room to experiment with regards to what phrases to use, if you include calls to action, whether or not to incorporate some branding, and many other options that are beyond the scope of what I'm talking about today, but that you can experiment with in your own website. So some pro tips. Pay attention to the page titles of sites that are ranking as you use the search engines since this can give some insight into what's currently working. What do their titles look like? Where in the page titles are the words that you search for? Are they shorter in length or do they have ellipses at the end? And are they incorporating something interesting that you can test with your own site? Your best practices for good page titles include use approximately 65 characters or less to avoid your title being cut off in search engine results, and include the most important phrases you're trying to target towards the beginning of the title. Another best practice that I have found is that you want to use what is standard in your industry. So instead of calling your blog, my thoughts and musings, just call it a blog. Use the word contact instead of naming your page, ways you can get in touch with me. Make it really simple so that people know exactly what that page is when they land on it. If you're ready to update your website today and need some guidance on things that you can do, check out my free guide, Five Website Updates to Get Legit. You can download it at lemonandthesea.com five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemoninthesea.com five updates. The third way that you can improve your SEO is through unique page descriptions and metadata. Page descriptions are an important part of your SEO strategy and this is the content that will display under the page title on search engine results and give potential visitors more information about whether or not they're in the right place. So if you've ever gone to a search engine and typed something in, you will see a web page title, usually in blue that's a link and underlined, and then underneath that there will be more text that's a description of the page. So this is that part of the description. While there's very little, if any, ranking benefit to having your targeted keywords in the meta description, it's still something we'd recommend you try to incorporate if possible, since your keywords will show up in bold text in search results. For example, if you go to Google and search for college football tickets, you can see how the phrase stands out in the meta description in the top results, which is another indicator to the searcher that this may be exactly what they're looking for. Really, the main purpose of the page description and meta description is to communicate to the potential visitor why they should visit your page, so be sure to sell your unique value. A pro tip. In Squarespace, you can add a description to each page in the page settings, but this description may appear on the page depending on your template. To add meta descriptions without them displaying on your website, insert it into the page header injection code. And in ShowIt, you can update the page descriptions very easily. Just choose the page you want to work on, navigate to the SEO settings tab, and insert your content. Best practices for page descriptions and metadata The primary purpose of the meta description is to encourage the searcher to click on your listing so the right message can have a big effect on your visitor count. Keywords are bolded in the search engine result pages, but there's very little if any ranking benefit. Use keywords as it makes sense, but it's more effective to focus on demonstrating the value that your site will deliver once the searcher clicks on your listing. Meta descriptions are about 155 characters long, and Google actually switched to measuring by pixel width, but that's a good target. And consider including your location and specific keywords and phrases for each page of your website. The description will vary based on the page, for example, Website Design for elegant Event Planners or About Lemon of the Sea Strategic Website Design Studio. Another thing to note here is that you want your page descriptions to be unique. So you want to change it up for each page of your website. You don't want to have some generic description that shows up every time, but make it relevant to what is on the actual page while still including the big, important information like your company name or what it is that you offer. The fourth thing you can do to increase your SEO results, update old content. So why should you update your past blog content, or any content for that matter, instead of leaving it as it is? There are some compelling reasons. First, search engines see all. When search engines pull up pages from your website, it's not just the updated content they see. Although search algorithms seek out fresh content, a search for latest tech trends or effective SEO techniques can yield results from a year or two back if the post has seen a lot of traffic. Since these are fast-changing topics, outdated information can reflect poorly on your blog. So make sure you have the most important up-to-date information on the really popular blog posts that have topics that are evolving and changing quickly. You also want to avoid misleading readers. So if a reader is in a hurry or simply doesn't bother to check the date of a blog post, they're likely to just take the outdated information and run with it instead of seeing if it's actually relevant to today. You don't want them to get on to the tech The program that you are talking about, and find that it has completely updated and nothing works the way that you said it would, because they're not going to then trust you when it comes to looking for things later. And you can fish out the gyms. So, a benefit of going through your old content is that you can find well performing evergreen posts that are still relevant today. And these types of posts are great for reintroducing to your newer audience members who might not be as familiar of your past work. They're also great for including in your email list when you are talking about things that you have written in the past. Your best practices for updating old content. One, find and revise your best performing posts first. You can find these by checking the numbers of comments on an article or by using analytics either in Squarespace or your Google Analytics and look for your top posts or your top landing pages so that you can see where people are finding you and make sure that those posts are updated first. Number two is update any statistics that you used in your content. If your post is more than a year old, chances are that any stats or supporting research you used to support your topic might be outdated so make sure you go back and check it and then update that post. Three, check your links. Links change and become outdated regularly. So it's a good idea to check any links in your post to make sure they still work. I mentioned this in the quarterly website maintenance episode, but if you are going through and working specifically on your old blog content, this is a good way to work on that without having to sit down all at one time for your entire website. And number four, revise an existing post instead of creating a new one. An older blog post might be dated, but your best performing posts have already established a stream of traffic that you can take advantage of by simply updating instead of rewriting. The fifth thing that you can do is to have good internal linking. So one of the easiest and most effective things you can do to influence your on-site SEO is to link to other relevant pages on your site. By linking to your other pages, especially with a descriptive anchor text, you can improve your on-page engagement metrics, which is higher time on the site, lower bounce rate, and more pages per session, while driving more visitors to your most important content. So if you are looking for an example of this, check out Wikipedia and you can Google Spider-Man and see how they link to different pages still on the Wikipedia site for this article. Your best practices here, number one, try to be reasonably consistent with the anchor text in the internal links to your money pages. So if you run a site that sells ever-popular widgets, your money page that targets visitors is looking for blue widgets, it shouldn't have anchor text targeting red widgets. Basically what this means is that When you link to a page on your site and you're going to highlight some text that you wrote and add in a link to a different page, you want to make sure that that highlighted text that's going to show up underlined for your visitors actually makes sense for where you are directing them. Number two, link to other relevant pages on your site, but don't go overboard. Unless you have thousands of pages worth of content on your site, you likely don't need to link to dozens of other pages. Pick out the most relevant pages so that people aren't overwhelmed by the choices that they have. If you've ever gone to a website and they are linking to 100 different pages in their article talking about a certain topic and you should go and check out this one to learn more about this and this page to learn more about that, it can be overwhelming and you may not stick around. So think about how readers engage with your website and how you like to engage with other people's websites as you're doing this. Number three, don't link a page to itself in order to try and pass anchor text relevancy. Sometimes someone working on a website will link to a page in itself in the middle of the content and attempt to use their desired anchor text one more time. The best case scenario is that clicking on a link takes the visitor back to the same page in a different spot, but if it just reloads the page, it's going to frustrate the user. And number four, be sure you're linking to the canonical version of a page. This really just means make sure you're not linking to multiple different versions of the same page. So you don't want to duplicate URLs like http www.example.com and then http slash example.com and www.example.com. You want to use one version every time. The other thing you want to make sure you're doing here is linking to the permanent location of a blog post. Instead of linking to just your blog, such as lemoninthesea.com slash blog, talking about a specific post, you want to link to that post, like lemoninthesea.com slash blog slash SEO. You'll understand why this is important if you have ever clicked on a link and instead of taking you to the page you expect it to, it takes you to the homepage of a website or the overall blog instead of the specific post you thought you were going to learn from. That can be really frustrating to people, so you want to make sure you know exactly where they're going and send them to the right place the first time. And the sixth thing you can do to improve your SEO is external linking and social proof. In addition to internal linking, which you can control, search engines also rank your website based on other sites that are linking to you. The more trustworthy websites that link to your site, whether your homepage or a specific post, the higher Google and other search engines will rank you. And this is part of the reason that guest posting is so important. While you don't wanna guest post just for the SEO benefits, it is a bonus because most people will link back to your website or link back to a blog post so that when people read the post on their site, it goes back to yours. And the more trusted, The place you're guest posting, the higher your website will show up because Google knows that if this site, who is trustworthy, is trusting you, then you must be trustworthy too. And reviews on social media sites like Facebook and Google are also good for your own SEO and for visibility on that platform. So encourage your readers and clients to leave a review in those places as well as emailing you a testimonial. This is especially true if you are trying to rank higher on Google and you get people to review your business in Google Plus or review your business on your Google profile because Google is promoting the people that are doing what it wants and that are promoting Google. So your best practices here, number one, when writing a guest post, you can link to a specific page with a freebie or opt-in but you also want to link to your homepage. And usually people offer this in the bio section, but you can also ask to include links to other blog posts in your guest posts that will give readers more information, and it also gets them back to your website, and those links will be seen by search engines. Number two is podcast episodes you are a guest on will also show up in search engines results, both if you are mentioned in the show notes and in links to the podcast player themselves, like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Number three, if your website or bio changes, reach back out to the website you guest posted on and see if they will update it for you. This isn't guaranteed, but most bloggers and online businesses want the most up-to-date information for their readers so that they can be seen as trustworthy. And number four, make it easy for clients to leave reviews on social media by including links and instructions when you send your request. I know this topic can be overwhelming. There is a lot to SEO and a lot to learn, but these six things can help you focus your SEO time and effort to show up higher in search engine results for relevant content for your dream clients. You can get a copy of the guide that goes over all of this at lemoninthesea.com episode 38 and download it so that you can get all of this information instead of trying to take notes and write everything down. While I am not an expert in SEO and this is not my full-time job, I do have to know some of it because I am trying to help the people that I work with show up better in search results because that's how they're going to find their clients. So this is an overview and these are just the most important things you can do, but there is a lot more content you can dig into and you can find people who are experts in SEO if you want to hire someone to help you. The last thing I will mention is one that I do for my clients and I recommend you do for yourself. If you haven't already submitted your website to Google, you want to submit a sitemap. You can do that by checking out the show notes and there will be a link with the Google instructions on how to do it. Or you can Google submit a sitemap to Google and they will give you step-by-step instructions. The reason that this is important is because you want to make sure Google knows that your site exists and knows what pages are on your website. This is a way that you can make sure that that's happening. And again, Google likes when you use Google. So you want to take advantage of all of the free tools that they offer in order to help your SEO. And that is a really simple thing to do because it's a one-time thing. You don't have to do it every time and it will help you show up better in search engine results, and Google will give you some feedback as to whether or not your website needs any improvements or things are lost or confusing. Again, remember that you can download this guide at lemonandtheseedcom episode 38, and make sure you check out the show notes for links to a couple of the episodes that I referenced and the tools that I've talked about. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.